Welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast, the podcast where we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope that it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors of sexual abuse too. We hope that you find it interesting, but more than that, if you are a survivor of sexual abuse, we hope that you find our discussion empowering. Hi podcast listeners, welcome to HJ Talks About Abuse. I'm Danielle Vincent, the Senior Associate in the team, and today I'm joined by Hannah, my colleague. Hi Hannah. Hi Danny. hi podcast listeners. So today we are going to be talking about rape trials and convictions and a particular headline. But before I start, we'll just give you a trigger warning that we are going to be talking about sexual assault, sexual abuse, and if this is triggering for you, please do switch off and join us at a later date for a different podcast. If you're still with us, we are going to be talking about today a headline that has been in the press this week, and it's in regards to a 2008 in Somerset had to find itself at the forefront of Operation Bluestone, and this was going to be a groundbreaking initiative to increase rape prosecutions. And the report looks at has it made a real difference for survivors. So over to you, Hannah. Thanks, Danny. So yeah, we're going to be looking at this headline, which really focuses on Operation Bluestone that was rolled out in 2021 as a new approach to investigate and prosecute sexual crimes. As we're probably all aware, recently, 2021, leading up to 2021, and and even still now, there has been almost a national crisis with rape prosecution. So I think that's really what this operation was set out to do. This article really focuses on what actually was done, if it's actually made a difference to survivors, etc. So really what this looks at, just highlighting the main points. So we see that from this operation, we're actually getting less victims pulling out of cases, more cases being put forward to the CPS, and in particular, more specialist training and roles introduced in the police to work on rape cases. So just like a new approach to how they are dealt with in the police to try and improve conviction rates. So this all sounds very positive and there's a couple of things we, we have to think about we have to say whenever we do these types of podcasts is obviously statistics can be misleading because we're only looking at people that report and we know in these instances a lot of sexual abuse and rape cases aren't reported. This came about, didn't it, because in 2020, as you say, there was damning, especially by women's charities, for not only convictions, but how rape victims are potentially treated throughout the whole process. And we as a team have talked a lot about the victim's code, which still doesn't seem to get the you know attention that it should. But this was published in 2021. And what we've seen now is that July this year, this was rolled out across 43 police forces in England and Wales. So there's a potential here that we're going to probably be talking about or the year after to see if it actually has made a difference. So it'd be interesting. And again, we've had, as we talk about quite often, the COVID pandemic. So again, there could be some results that aren't quite as accurate. But so far, it seems that the investigation, it's been positive. Yeah. So, I mean, the scale of the problem is absolutely huge. One thing this article mentions, which I thought was just like really hit home, you know, how often do we hear the term rape culture? And that just completely describes the fact that sexual violence is completely normalised. So there's obviously a lot of work to be done. 
So one of the things that this operation has done um, in particular is changing the way training is approached, I think particularly in the police. So I think what they've tried to do is just instead of looking at the victims and focusing on them, actually looking at the perpetrators and who they target, why they do it and how they do it. And it is actually highlighted in this article they used to put survivors through an intrusive and exposing process, including a digital strip search of their social media and even the disclosure of private medical and counselling records um, with little way of support. And they want to actually turn that around on its head and focus more on the perpetrators instead of the victims in this new approach. Which will also be helpful, especially if there's situations where this is a perpetrator with multiple assaults, you know, that we often don't consider that when we're talking about a rape scenario or a sexual abuser that there's often likely to be more than one survivor in this situation. So it could be opening up avenues where potentially people that haven't felt the strength to come forward yet could be identified. Yeah, completely. And I think the new approach is about looking at the whole picture as opposed to just looking at the incident narrowly. And another thing that I thought was really interesting and and important was how under Bluestone, judges will now give directions on rape myths and stereotypes to the jury. So this is obviously linked because obviously there's a lot of rape myths, including things like victim blaming. You know, maybe beforehand it would be too focused on looking at the victim, how they dressed or acted. It's positive to see that actually now judges have to give this introduction to the jury because it was also mentioned that they felt beforehand that police weren't necessarily doing it on purpose you know they weren't holding the rape myths themselves but they were so internalized to them that they were actually building their case around it they felt that they had to spend a lot of time to justify why a victim was doing a certain thing you know maybe why they were drinking or why they dressed in a certain way and you know that just now completely needs to change and that has been a focus well this is something that we have been talking about for years now um we all feel very strongly about this as a team that this is just not something that that can be looked at at all one of the interesting things that i was looking at is in regards to the cps as we know when the police investigate it has to be passed up and only if there is strong enough evidence is if that's the right description will it move on to the cps because of course the, the strongest case on rape target, and as this is a huge criticism in this area already, if, if cases continue to go to the CPS and then they aren't prosecuted, it makes the rates look even lower, which one, I think, would prevent people from coming forward. And two, it puts the survivor through a process that is going to be awful. So the statistics showing that as of December 2022, it would suggest almost double cases were referred from the police to the CPS, which is a real positive of the statistics that I saw in this report. Yeah, and just, you know, talking about the CPS, I think a focus of this operation was really strengthening the relationship between the police and the CPS and also just opening better lines of communication between them. So it's mentioned in this article that I think they changed sort of the way they were working. They have specialised lawyers now in the CPS that will communicate directly with an investigating officer. And the feedback of this is it's been really positive. They seem to become, you know, more invested. I'm sure they were invested before, but having that direct relationship between a lawyer working on it in the CPS and the investigating officer in the police has seemed to improve things. The police mentioned that it definitely helps doing this rather than having to go through the main lawyer 
and then having to wait to speak to the lawyer acting on it. So that seems to have made a difference, which is also, again, really positive. Yeah, anything that has clear communication paths is always going to help because I'm sure the police have a very difficult job, no doubt, especially in, in these sorts of situations that we, we come across can be that there are two individuals, no witnesses to the fact of what's happened, especially if this is something in relation to consent. So, you know, the police do have a difficult job in this situation and finding out what the CPS are really going to need to make the strongest case, I can only see as, as a positive going forward. And as we know, there, there's big amounts of recruitment in the police and people have got to be trained up. And if you're learning from the best, hopefully, in these lines of communication are clear, hopefully this is going to result in a lot more police being specifically trained in this area to not only support victims, but also push through the convictions. Yeah, and another thing they have been doing is introducing new systems to, to try and like speed up the process. Because there's actually a figure here that was really, really shocking, a 70% dropout rate amongst claimants because they were literally being pushed to breaking point, having to wait for so long. That's like only 30% of claimants were staying because of the time issues. So, again, that's another really important thing that's been developed and changed. And we can see why this figure is important, because especially when we work so closely with these individuals, is that if you're waiting for a year or two years for your case to go to trial, no doubt it feels like you're living with that trauma and your your life is being placed on hold. And you know, ultimately, there's going to become a day where you've got to talk about this again and open it all up again. So for me, again, anything that speeds up that process, I think is an absolutely positive because I think people will then stay with it. Yeah, completely. And, it, and it's it's so understandable. I mean, it's hard enough as it is to come forward and, and deal with this for survivors, let alone having to, to wait all that time. As you say, Danny, they want to be able to move on with their lives and the anxiety and, and just all those feelings around it. It's no wonder so many people were dropping out. So that's a really, really important change. Well, also, we, we often talk about the survivor or, or victim, however the person wants to be identified. But when you consider, especially with these wait times, there's also the knock-on impact, which the, the client will feel more concerned about. Is that you know if they've got children that are growing up, potentially worried about what may be in the press. If they've got family members that are also struggling to what what's happened to their loved one, there's a lot of people that are involved also, almost as a secondary survivor to the individual. So again, you know, speeding up these wait times to, to get it to the to court is real positive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's just so many factors to this go beyond just the victim themselves. So that's why it's really good to see all the all these different changes and all these things that I've been considered and thought about. So it'll be interesting if this has now been rolled out to, as we say, it's over 40 other police constabularies. What will the statistics will show? I imagine it's probably going to take at least a year or two to show you know the real data of what difference has been made. But we found some statistics that we just thought we would end with because, again, I think it really hits home the point that anything that's going to make a positive change is needed. And these were that one in four, the proportion of women who are thought to have been raped or sexually assaulted as an adult, which is just, you, you know, it, it's crazy when you think of it. And we work in this industry and I still wouldn't have thought it was this, well, I say industry, we work in this area assisting people, but that you'd think that it would be that high. 8,741 was the number of sexual offences cases waiting to go to the Crown Court as of March 
2023, and 369 is the number of rapes reported to Avon and Somerset Police between October and December 2022. Real concerning. Yeah, Danny, I mean, 25% of women who've been raped or sexually assaulted, that's such a high figure. Again, as she said, even though we work in the area, that is something to read. And it is really important that we have all these systems in place that are, that are improving because, you know, survivors and victims do need to feel that they're able to come forward and feel that it's going to be dealt with by the police correctly, having the right experience, not having to have all these long wait times and actually feel confident in the system. It's it's so important. And we also know that the police work closely with the sexual abuse rape centres and other organisations. So, you know, when organisations are working closely in this way and the police have got different ways of dealing with things and improvements are being made, hopefully that will filter down because I think it will give other charities, especially more confidence to say to people that they may be providing therapy for or counselling that actually going to the police, there may be you know, great assistance there. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how the statistics change, hopefully see them improve um, once we've got a clear picture of how this operation has actually rolled out and if it's actually made a difference to survivors. Well, thank you very much for having this, Hannah. Um, I hope this has been helpful podcast listeners. If you have any questions, by all means, do send us an email. We'd love to hear your thoughts or otherwise, please join us next week. Thanks, Annie. Thanks, listeners. Thank you for listening to this episode of HJ Talks About Abuse. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to speak to us about something you've heard today, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk.